Produced by women, about women. Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live. She's a self-described West Michigan artist and social entrepreneur. Meet Cynthia Hagedorn, owner and EP, we'll tell you what that means, of Square Peg Events. You've seen her multiple art prize entries, Leadership on Canvas, plus, well, her recent story stroll was a hit. But we must ask her about her most unique niche, professional chicken hugger. Welcome, Cynthia, to our powerful woman. Let's talk. Thank you for having me on. You have chickens on the farm? I do. I have three new babies, too. They're just wonderful. Whatever motivates an artist, we'll mm, get to They're that. my inspiration. I call them my colleagues. Many hats you wear. Let's start with artists. Uh, did you pick up a, a, a crayon at uh, a young age? Actually, I feel like I've always been a creative. My whole family is in, in the creative uh, realm, but it wasn't until my kids were probably four or eight, between the ages of four and eight, that I started working with them with the arts, wanting them to benefit from the arts. So I started painting something with them, and next thing you know, they were running off, and I was still painting, and then I kept painting. Next thing you know, I looked at a wall, and I thought, I'm going to paint this wall. So I was really interested in it. So I took a few different refresher courses, and before I knew it, I was painting everything. And never looked back. And what do you paint? I paint with uh, acrylic paints and chalk, and um, my, my style has changed quite a bit because I used to be have ve- a lot of conformity and in squares, and just more in the last couple of years, I would say the four or five years, um, opened it up quite a bit, and it's really evolved, and so I, I don't even use brushes anymore. I use my hands, I use cards, cloth, things like that, paint walls, paint everything. Yeah. Yeah, so doors. on this journey, was there professional training? Did you say, I need to get a degree in art? No, I don't. And you know, I have a high respect for those that have the classical training in the fine arts because there's definitely benefits from that. For me, my journey wasn't about that, and I'm self-taught, but I've had incredible supporting people in my life that have nurtured my my change in some of my styles and the passions that I've had within the arts. And so I personally have always looked at what I've done as I'm bringing what I need to talk and say through my art to the table. Yes. And what about the social entrepreneur side of you? Well, I think that's just it with the arts in particular is that art is a vehicle for connectivity. And to me, the arts are the expression for everyone to be able to talk. It's not just for an individual to say they're an exclusive artist that, I mean, that might be their voice, but I look at it as the whole as the art. It's That's the important part about bringing it out to the community. And so as far as the entrepreneurial part, I think I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to work with different people and bringing community together. And it's how I make my living. All right. Other hats you wear. First of all, you bring your art in the communities. You share art with leaders. Tell me about your art prize entry. Well, and I'm trying to think of what year it would have been. It would have been 2014. It would have been because you were one of my first famous artists that painted with me. And that was the inaugural year where we threw it out. And I said, you know what? I'm going to paint with nine people that I know respect. And um, that it was through Kids Art Fest, through the Children's Museum, that I had met you during that time. And so from there, we th- I thought it was a one and done. And by the encouragement, again, by the community leaders, such as yourself, to say, hmm, let's see what we can do with this another year. 
So now we just finished our seventh year, and it's been wonderful. Just the whole connectivity again with the arts, bringing community leaders to share, have their voice be shared amongst you know their colleagues, all of your colleagues, all of your rock stars, and to be able to experience what art is like, to put yourself on a canvas, put your you know ideas, concept, vulnerabilities, and show that to people, and that mm. art is approachable. Yes, care on canvas. What's this? As much as I love you, rock stars, this is my full heart, <laughs> I have to say. Care on Canvas is, I would say it would be the sibling conversation from Leadership on Canvas. I actually was working with Helen DeVos Children's Hospital and working with kids in the hospital and then evolved from there because I started working with more adults, other children that were not necessarily in the hospital but had other situations in their life. And... In the same time, I was working with these community leaders for leadership on Canvas, and the conversation started morphing more towards how can I serve people year-round? And to me, the closest thing to my heart are these kids in the hospital and people in general with health and life situations. So I um, dove in and developed Care on Canvas, and that's been going strong. This will be our sixth year for that. So we have a big art show. Last year, we had 44 people that were participating. And we have different events that go out throughout the year. Square Peg events? That is the LLC that is an art-enhanced event company. And that in Square Peg events, we do things like we did Story Stroll, which was our pilot. We did our pilot in Ada Village, which was a great success. I love the people in Ada Village. Kim Rantella was my partner in crime. Um, she's the executive director of the Ada Business Association, and they were our partnering um, force as well as Kent District Library. And it's an accessible work of children's original art in a accessible path. And so Square Peg Events is the umbrella we, we work through, and I produce it through Square Peg Events. Back to the property. What about yeah. brunching on the property? What's happening uh, so on that's, the site? I, I want to say that's my new thing, but that's been something I've been doing probably during COVID um, more so is I've been on a journey of whole food plant-based, and I am in the process of getting certified as a chef for that, and I'm really excited about it. And so with that, I, I have this property that's five acres with my free-range colleagues, and I've been cooking, and I also have all of these different programs that I've been doing, like Monet and Van Gogh. And pulling all of that together, I have a themed dinner, brunch, or tea. We have tea quite a bit. And people come in that I have up to like between six and 12 people mm. sit down and create, maybe have brunch with me, depending on the situation. Mm. So it's been, it's been beautiful. Yes. Fun. So how do you stay motivated? How do you get up and, and say, I'm going to wear this hat or this hat? How does another person uh, follow this lead of yours? You know, it's funny because I've had that asked me, and you've asked me that before, and that is a challenging question. I feel like there's so much to do yet, and there's so much that I want to do, and how do I keep doing that? I think probably because I'm encouraged by it, by people encouraging me, so I want to encourage others. And, you know, truly, you see kids in needs, adults in needs, and I just feel like I want to do my part and to be able to help them. I want them to be able to have the benefits of the arts. And so when I get up, I feel like there are so many other people that are, how do you say that, like, they, they need this in their life. And to me, it's just a challenge, not a challenge. It's an acceptance that I want to take every day that, you know, to help them and serve them. 
So I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know how to answer that because I do, I get up every morning and I make, um, organic free, like foods for my colleagues and my dogs. And like, I make all my food and I just, and you know what, that's at that ridiculous time in the morning. And I just, I love, I am living my best life. Yeah. But what about these colleagues? You're going to have to do a little more digging. These are not people that are hanging out on the on the property. <laughs> no, these are my chickens, my free-range chickens. And I got them during COVID or during, you know, the pandemic. My kids had moved, my adult children had moved home. And they said, you know, Mama, if you're going to have these, I've always wanted chickens, you do it now because we're here and we can help you. And so I said, how about like three? And we came home with 13. So these little chicks. And it's been a loving learning experience. And But I really found the best part of it is these kids that come out, they might be a little bit afraid or a little apprehensive, even adults. And so as soon as they see these chickens, they're just completely disarmed and they enjoy the experience of these chickens. Yes. So that's what's been motivating me with these chickens. Everybody needs a colleague on their property. Of course. All right, fun facts. There was a moment where you, a teen social water ski team, <laughs> bring me to this part of your yes. life. So when I was in high school, there was a social water ski team. I grew up in Cadillac, Michigan, so there were several, you know, the two lakes mm-hmm. there. And my siblings were all on the team. And one time, <laughs> you're talking about the Sweet 16? <laughs> so we did pyramids. We do, like, different tricks. Well, the only thing I probably really had the experience or to be able to know is I was trained how to do the pyramids, the big pyramids. So on my 16th birthday, they allowed me to be at the top of the pyramid. And it was during lakefront days. And as we were coming around the front, I didn't know this because I couldn't hear it, but I climbed up to the top. And apparently they had just announced, there's sweet Cindy Sue at sweet 16. And I missed my footing. I fell and everybody kind of crumbled to the ground or to the, into the water. And yeah, so there was my We were moment. safe. We were all sure. safe and it was actually laughed upon for years. Good memories. Why a, a plant-based diet for you at this stage in your life? I did have a kidney scare, but I, honestly, I, I have found that, especially where I live, you know, just nurturing the land and seeing what I have in abundance outside around me, that was a motivating force, the environment. But I have to say, I just feel better. I feel better. I, I know the value of a good, clean diet. That's not that I don't eat meat. I think a lot of people look at me like that I'm a, a vegan, but I'm not. I just want to know as much information and provide food for others that I love. You know, I always say to my kids, not that I would ever skip saying I love you, but the people that I don't know very well, or even the people that I do know, if I don't say I love you, I may say it in the form of, are you hungry? Mm-hmm. Would you like a sandwich? Can I make you something to eat? Because I feel like that's a nurturing a nurturing part of any person that if they enjoy cooking. And to me, I just want it to be mm-hmm. as wholesome as possible. Great. I'll remember that when you ask if I'm hungry. Yes. Oh, uh, tell me, you mentioned the mentors, uh, those perhaps who believed in you. Uh, mm-hmm. How important is it to to not dispel a child who wants to draw a lot? You know, it's interesting. I have a lot of parents that come to me and they'll talk to me about their child that loves to draw. And and I, I think that's wonderful. And I always say, keep going, keep letting them do that. But what I'll say is, when were they creative? How are they creative? And I will talk to a parent and I'll say, your child is creative. And I, I use the analogy of like a sport is that you can say who's a basketball player, who's a swimmer, who's a runner. And if let's say they play tennis and they 
everyone's an athlete. So it doesn't mean that they have to play all of those sports. So in the arts, I say you can draw, you can do watercolor, you can be all of these things, you can be a creative, you can be an artist and a creative. And there is a time in a child's life where they decide or they are told that they are no longer an artist, and it's typically because they can't draw. And so I always encourage parents and I encourage people around to say, what it is that they've this person has just done this creative point that out to them that was a creative way of looking at something that was creative problem solving look at what you did in this room look at what you did with these people because creativity will be a lifetime whereas an artist where someone will say I can't draw that isn't important and creativity will solve problems and make the world better and talk about supporting the individual artist there are a lot of different artists in different ways, whether they're classically trained or like a child that would come to me, and I will support them to be able to nurture what they're doing. For example, care on canvas, they came in and they would paint this canvas and then they would have their art show. And I found that that was like a one, and then they were done. And so in order to continue that, we decided to have a marketplace, and that marketplace was so that we could, they could create through the year and then have this sale, if they will, with their handmade goods. I found that just working with those kids and adults, because they are a part of it, in order for them to encourage them to continue to grow and to do different things. Try something. It might be something that you found on Pinterest. It might have been something that you saw at a show or, you know, a friend had made. Try to. I encourage them to keep trying to create and to make things. Have you ever painted one of your colleagues? I did on my car. In fact, it's the first time. That's funny you asked me that because it was the first time. You know, I can paint different things, and all of a sudden I was like, okay, I need to have a rooster on my car. <laughs> and so I had, like, pictures, and I just thought, okay, so this one kind of looks like a turkey. So then I did another one. I was like, okay, this kind of looks like a, a rooster. So I ended up painting two of them. Yeah. Yeah, fun. you have a favorite painting that hangs? Actually, I have two favorite paintings. Because um, you have to like your own work, I trust. Yeah, yes. I, I mean, I, I think that... And I know when I fit, that when I've hit that chord, like when I've hit that, as Van Gogh would say, the high note, is that I can go, okay, I feel that resolution of like it's complete. Usually I'm a night painter, and it's usually the next morning. Like I will paint, and it could be until 2 in the morning, and I'll get up in the morning and I'll say, okay, it's done. Or, okay, I feel good about it. But I do have three paintings. One was this chair, and I've never painted anything or like like a like thing. From a model? Yeah, mm-hmm. ever again. Um, so I have this chair, and then about two years later, I painted with this, it's a Van Gogh palette, and I did the same colors without the chair. And then two years later, almost to the date, I painted another one, and it's completely opened. And so I look at those, it's actually a triptych with three of them. I have mm-hmm. two of them. The, the middle one is at my friend. Uh, he had purchased it, so... It's so my two remaining paintings are still at my house. Oh, and my kids want them. What remains on an artist's bucket list, a creative's bucket list? Does it ever end? No, that's no. No, I would say even as an entrepreneur, there are so many things that I want to do. I have like five different projects in my mind brewing, and I'm really excited about each one. So when you say what gets you know me motivated, I think there's sometimes people have books, and they say they can never die because they have so many books in their Audible. Well, I feel like I have so many projects that, that just keeps me motivated to continue on these quests to be able to serve other people and to help bring the arts to a full conversation. You ever made a mistake in a painting and covered oh, it over? I've made more mistakes. I've had more mistakes than successes. They say that's the secret to success. 
Yeah, could be. Yeah. Cynthia Hagedorn, thank you. Keep up your great work. Thank you. Produced by women, about women. These powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more powerful women Let's Talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.